I want to preach today on this subject, which is dear to my heart. This subject is dear to my heart. Some things are kind of difficult to preach, but some things are familiar to our heart, and they've worked so wonderfully. The Lord has worked them so wonderfully in our lives that they are part of our spiritual journey and part of our spiritual lives. And that is, I want to speak today on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do you believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible teaches it, and I want to teach it today. And um, here's what, let me begin this way. I want to begin by saying that this is not a teaching that I was raised with. This is a teaching that I had never heard of. Let me, let me also say this. The greatest thing that could happen to any young person in this church or young adult or all of us is that you could experience God today. You could experience the presence of the Lord in a fresh and a new way. I think many, many young people are, are not, not saying here, but just generally in churches across our land, some of them are bored of the church because they've never encountered the power of the Lord. I can tell you this. When I was a young man, I was raised in a liturgical church, a very liturgical church. I'd never even heard of the Holy Spirit. If, if it had been mentioned, I didn't get it. I'd never heard of this doctor, never heard of this teaching. It's not something that I had ever been familiar with. But when I became familiar with it, and I began to study, and my heart got hungry, and I wish I could, I, I could take about an hour almost and, ta- and tell you just testimony, but I want to get in the scripture. But my testimony is, I became hungry for the Lord I became so hungry, I began to fast, and I began to pray, and I began to seek the Lord, and the Lord met me. And I knelt down after, at the end of a service, and uh, they had some altars up in the front of that church, and this was many years ago. And I knelt down as a young man, and I had asked the Lord to fill me with the Holy Spirit. No one was with me. I mean, there was other people in the church. I wasn't like alone in the church. But I was there, and I knelt down. And I received the same experience that they received in the scriptures. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's real to my heart today. Luke 24, verse 49 says this. Some of the very last teachings of Jesus. Some of the very last emphasis of Jesus was on the Holy Spirit. And on the vital necessity that the people of the Lord, the followers of Jesus, the born-again ones, would experience the power of the Holy Spirit that would in turn enable them to fulfill the mission which, they had, which he had called them to do. He had called them to take the gospel to the world. Do you realize today, and you do, I'm sure, that there are people today that have never heard the name of Jesus on this planet. Even in this nation today, I've talked with people before, very few people, but I talked to one man. He said, I've never been inside a church in my entire life. Can you imagine the tragedy of parental failure to not teach your children the things of God and the power of God and the love of Jesus Christ? But Jesus said here, I'm going to send to you what my father has promised, but stay in the city and that is the city of Jerusalem, until you have been clothed with power from on high. I want to talk about this power today. I believe that this verse and and, uh, verses that I will share with you over these moments together in this message, it is the most pressing need 
in the church today. Now listen to me. The, the, the greatest gift to a lost person is salvation. There is no greater gift than God would save us a lost soul. And God would redeem them and make them his child. And the Lord would write their name down in the Lamb's book of life and transform their life by the born-again experience. And that, by the way, is also a work of the Spirit. But I wanna, on the heels of that, I want to say this. The greatest gift to one who has been born again, the greatest gift to a child of God is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I would say this to you today, and I can prove this by Scripture. The baptism with and in the Holy Spirit is a passion for, of Jesus for your life today. I can unequivocally, by the Word of God, tell you that the Word of God communicates to us that, us, that, us, that we entering into this experience of the baptism with and in the Holy Spirit. It is the will of Jesus for us to have this experience. Now I want to quickly just give you five thoughts on the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I'll be quick on these. Here's what I would say about this. Number one is this. This experience of the baptism in, the Greek preposition is en in the Greek. And it, mean, it can be translated with or in. I don't want to get into semantics, but what I'm telling you, this experience is, is taught in Scripture. Here's the first thing, and that's this. This is a biblical experience. I'm not really interested in what the church wants. I'm not interested in what religious groups want. But you, you, I know we have some guests here today, and I'd certainly love to shake your hand um, but what I'm concerned with is the B-I-B-L-E. What I'm concerned with is what this book says. Because there's nothing higher than the Word of God. This is the greatest wisdom of the world. And I would say this to you. If you need counseling, this is where your counseling is. What's someone going to tell you? If someone tells you something outside this book, how is that going to help you? God will help you by this unchanging, all-powerful, authoritative word. And when I look in this book, the word of God, what I find is there's an experience that is a biblical experience that is found. In other words, this experience on the, of the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about today, it has its origin in the very words of Jesus himself. The very son of God is the one who taught this. Would we dare to, to push aside his authority? I'd say not. He's the Lord of the church. He's the head of the church. We have no Pope. Jesus is our Lord. He is our great high priest. He is seated at the right hand of Father God and the very words of Jesus, the most authoritative words we have are the words that he taught this. Here's what John said about Jesus. They said, are you the Savior? Are you the Messiah? Are you the promised one? He said, of course not. Matthew 3.11, I baptize with water unto repentance. I baptize with water Believing in the coming one, basically. I baptize with water unto repentance, but there's one coming, come on, who's mightier. Everybody say mightier. He's mightier. 
mightier. He's the one we worship today. He's mightier than, than I am. And he says, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to unloose. He, he will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. Who's our baptizer today? Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer. We come to this altar in a bit. We're submitting to Jesus. We're saying, Jesus, I want, I want this baptism. Jesus, I want everything that you have for your church today. It's a biblical experience. I've read in Luke, this is, he said, you'll be clothed from power, not from Springfield. Thank God we got wonderful leaders, not from Waxahachie. He said it's from on high. Come on, what we need is what's from heaven. Come on, what we need is from the very throne of God for the rivers of God to flow. And these rivers flowed in my life as a teenager. I was so broken and so empty and so, what's the word that I would use to describe my life? I was just empty. That's the word. As a young teenager, I was just so empty in my life. So empty. But Jesus changed me. And the Holy Spirit changed me. When I yielded to Jesus in this experience, my life was changed forever. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. The greatest thing is salvation. Of course it's salvation. But Jesus is the baptizer. So it's his saving, filling work. It's his continuing work in our lives. Aren't you grateful for the Holy Spirit today? Here's what Jesus taught. These are the words of Jesus. Don't you love the words of Jesus? Amen. I love the, I love all the Bible. The Bible is our treasure but, you know, with these Bible reading programs, if you start at the beginning and you go all the way through, you're not going to get in the New Testament until about September or October. So we need a Bible reading plan where we're regularly in the New Covenant, right? Amen. Thank God all the Bible is inspired, but the New Covenant is where we are today. Jesus said these words. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gifts my Father promised which you have heard me speak about. He's the one that spoke most about it than anyone. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Oh, glory. So here's what Jesus said. He's about to head back to heaven. I mean, this is, these are his last words. Jesus is not going to talk about the, I almost said the braves or the rangers. He wouldn't talk about them either. He was not interested in that. He's not going to waste time talking about the stock market or what's going on here and there. When someone's about to go and he loves his church, he loves, he said, I love them to the end. The scripture says, he said to them, he gathered them around. He said, listen, he said, you shall receive power. Acts 1 and 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive this power. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. Did it work? Well, let me tell you this. From Jerusalem, where it started, it reached 1535 Beltline Road. We're, we didn't just get saved today because we came up with it, but someone took it and 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 they passed it and passed it and passed it and somehow it reached our souls. And what I'm going to tell you, we need this power because there's others that need Jesus and we need the anointing to take Jesus to the world. Now, Brad, I need you to get some more flyers together. We're going to hit these neighborhoods again. I just put the order in. I don't have much to say about it. I just need, just whatever you do, brother, just do it. We hit 150 homes the other day. 
And I didn't even realize, I, I came in here early one morning and before prayer meeting, and I just had it. I said, I'm going to go hit these homes. I'm going to go invite people to church. We're going to go put advertisements on the door. We're going to let them know we're here. Wouldn't it be terrible to die and go to hell next to a church? And everybody in there worshiping Jesus and saying how good Jesus is, and then they die right outside the church building. That can't happen. Not here. No, 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 not here. See, the greatest soul winner is the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit's ministry is so important because there's no greater soul winner than the Holy Spirit. I promise you, if you let the Spirit of God work in your life, you'll find yourself praying for souls more. You'll find yourself talking to people just randomly on the street. You'll feel like, I need to tell them about Jesus. And you'll have a boldness to do it. Probably none of us in this room, maybe a few sanguine folks, maybe a few bubbly personalities, but I met you. You're all not that bubbly. Come on, some of you are. Some of, I'm not. It's not natural to me. But we're not talking about natural. We're not talking about Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people and let's all just be chipper and positive. No, we're talking about the Holy Spirit that can take any human being and make them a power and bold before lost people to love them and share Christ with them unashamedly. Even if they persecute you, you walk away like Peter and John and say, thank God we had the privilege of being persecuted for Christ's sake. We're not talking about natural things. This stuff's not natural to me. You think I like standing up here in my naturally? You think I don't get nervous at times? No, but I have been called and I have been equipped with the presence of God and I can do everything he's called me to do and so can you. So can you. So Jesus gathered these men and said, you shall receive power and then not many days. You know what happened? God showed up in an incredible way. They prayed for 10 days. What would happen if a church prayed 10 days? I ask you this morning to pray 15 minutes. Anyone can pray 15 minutes. I put my timer on and I prayed in the spirit for 15 minutes. I did just what I asked you to do. If you, if you're not on our private Facebook, our private Facebook, you need to, because that's where I communicate a lot of personal things, private things, devotional things. I do video uh, devotion sometimes on there. I give scriptures. I give stuff there that you need. If you're not on there, you need to get on there. So who do you ask? I don't know. Who can get them on there? I don't know. Somebody. Denise, get them on there. You need to be on there. But I asked people this morning, I said, you know, what if all of us took 15 minutes, shut ourselves away, uninterrupted, and we all prayed in the Holy Ghost, and I believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. No one will take this from me because it's in the Bible. I don't know where you came from. I'm going to tell you, I was raised in the Catholic Church, immersed in the Catholic Church. An altar boy, first communion, catechism, Catholic school, the whole thing, immersed. But I didn't know Christ. I knew the church, but I didn't know that Jesus is my Savior. And someone invited me between fourth and fifth period. Would you come to my church? And it was just like this church. Just like this church. So you that have been raised in this all of your life, how blessed are you? rest of us came in late. I got in late. But I got so hungry, I passed them all up. I got more, I got more hungry than the young people that... I didn't even get involved in a youth group. I didn't, for years, I didn't get involved. I was a youth pastor years later. I didn't even get in a youth group. 
I wasn't looking for a youth group or a men's group or a whatever group. I just wanted Jesus. Every time the church, I'm just a teenager. Every time the church doors are open, I'm there. If there's a prayer meeting, I'm there. If there's an early morning prayer meeting, I'm there. If there's a late prayer meeting, if there's a revival meeting, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was there. I was so hungry for Jesus. I just wanted Jesus. And let me tell you something. If we're not careful, we can lose that thirst. We can lose that hunger. And when we lose that hunger and thirst, but the scripture talks in Matthew about how the seed is choked. And then it says, and I think it's Mark, the desire for other things comes in. The enemy has tricked many Christians. They don't have that hunger anymore. Other, other things are like idols that just pull at them, just steal their time. I heard someone say recently, said, he, and I won't, I won't do this here, he said, uh, he asked, he's a minister evangelist, he said, do, do. He said I'm going to ask this, and he said, usually, he said, it's about the same percentage. He said, don't lie, you're in church. You're gonna, if you lie, if you lie, God will be there to see it. And he, he made him, he said this, how many of you read your Bible every day? And then don't, don't raise your, but, he, but the hands raised, and he said, that's about, that's about the right number. And here's what he said. He said, do you realize that if you just read your Bible every other day, you miss reading your Bible 180 days a year? That sobers you, doesn't it? When, it, when you put it that way. 180 days a year, you choose not to hear the words of Jesus. When we just get a little cold and just, well, every other day, we go, oh, we're doing good. Oh, we do it every other day. But 180 days a year, don't open the precious word of God to hear the words of Jesus. Let's be honest. Is it any wonder we're not in revival? Is it any wonder we're not seeing the more miracles of God? Is, isn't it any wonder that multitudes are not being saved? What we need is a new fire today. What we need is a new Holy Spirit baptism today. We need his presence. And the verse, oh, the verse that, that the Holy Spirit moved in my heart. Now, you just have to, you have to take me for my word here because I have, you know, this is not in the scripture, but it's my experience of what happened. So you just have to, either I'm lying or not, you have to judge that. But I was, I was praying for the presence of God. I was praying for the Holy Spirit. And I was a young man. I'll give you the quick story. I'll give you the nutshell story. I became so thirsty, so hungry that I began to have all night prayer meetings. Not every night, of course, but, but many, many nights I would be so Hungry for the Lord. You have to understand, someone that I was someone, you know, kind of if you're raised in church, you kind of are used to the lingo. You, you kind of know the culture. I knew less than anyone just about, about God, about scripture. I didn't know John 3.16 than from John Boy on the Waltons, you know. I'd never read the word of God. We weren't taught to read the scriptures. And I got so hungry for the Lord that here I am, just a teenager. And I started having these all-night prayer meetings. Nobody saved in my family, in my immediate family. No one saved. 
And I started going to the other end of the house. We had kind of a large house. On the other end, they had turned it into a, a, a den and had a fireplace. And I could go, all the bedrooms were on this end. I could go all the other end. I'd be on the other end of the house. And I would stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning just praying and just seeking the Lord and asking God, I want this experience. I want this experience. Lord, I, you know, Lord the, the, I heard the preacher preach that this is this power, this anointing, this experience for those who are already saved. We can have God's presence so we can, you know, the, 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 the salvation, we're born again and we're ready for heaven. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not salvation. It's equipment for service. And Jesus indicated we're not ready to serve. We're not ready to preach. We're not ready to lay hands on the sick. We're not ready to serve him unless we have his presence. And I'm praying and I'm seeking God. I'm just a teenager. And then I had one of those all-night prayer meetings. I'm just seeking the Lord. It's a Friday. And I, and I, I, I go to bed about 4 o'clock. I sleep an hour or two. And then I get ready and I head to the bus stop. And I have all my books. And I'm, I'm down there at the stop, and there's all the kids. You know how you've seen them. All the kids are standing there. We're all standing there waiting for the, for the bus to come. And I'm standing there. And I don't know what all those kids were thinking about. But I knew I, in my heart, here's what came to my heart. <laughs> I knew this was the Lord. I thought, I can't go to school today. I knew that was the Lord. <laughs> if I ever got a word from the Lord, that was the one. <laughs> But in my heart, I didn't care about my first period algebra class or any other class. I thought, I need God. I want God more than I want anything. I'd stopped eating. I was fasting. I'd never even heard about fasting. Nobody ever taught me about fasting. I didn't even know that human beings had all-night prayer meetings. This was just stuff I was doing led by God. I mean, when God gets a hold of a teenager's life, you don't have to have ten rules. The moment I got saved, the moment I got saved, I knew I was supposed to go to church every Sunday. And my family wasn't even saved. My mom and dad weren't going to church. I was going all by myself. My mom and dad thought I had lost my mind, but what they didn't know, I had gained my mind. I had give, God gave me my life back. And so I'm standing there, and in my heart, I'm going, I'm just a teenager, just a little guy. I'm going, I can't go to church. I mean, I can't go to school today. I can't go to school today. And I had a best friend that his mom was always watching Christian television and all this. And I thought, I'm going to go talk to Miss Sanders. I just walked away from the bus stop. I know those kids are like going, where's that crazy guy going? The bus is coming. I thought, I'm out of here. I'm out of Dodge, man. I walked around the street. And I just, listen, if you've been fasting and you've been praying, you're a different person. The glory, you don't have to take 30 minutes in a worship service to get primed up to say one little amen. It's right there under the surface because you're full of the Holy Ghost already. You're, I was already experiencing the anointing. There's many people that have anointings of God that don't have the fullness that I'm talking about. Now quickly, listen. I went around to Miss Sanders' house. Miss Sanders is with Jesus now. And they had the side door. If anybody came to the front door, they knew they didn't know these folks because everybody, you know those houses. You go to the side door. Went to the side door. I'd grown up from this big. We'd always at their house or my buddy was at my house. And Miss San I knocked on the door. Miss Sanders opens the door. And as soon as she opened the door, she said, well, Joe, what are you doing here? And immediately this presence of the Lord came all over me. I felt it. I just started weeping. 
She thought I was a nut, and I probably thought I was a nut. I didn't know what I was doing. But what was happening is I was so tender before the Lord. I was so tender in my heart. I got my composure, and, and she said, did something happen? Are you all right? And I got my composure. I was sitting. I can see the little, the little table. I can see the little chairs, and I sat down. And I said, Miss Sanders, something wonderful has happened to me. She said, what's that? I said, I've been saved. I said, I went to the church out here on Bell Road, 135 Bell Road, Montgomery, Alabama. And I said, I gave my life to Jesus. I've been saved. I'm saved. And I said, they've been teaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I said, I don't understand it really, but I want everything Jesus has for me. And there was a verse of scripture that the Lord put in my heart, Acts 2.39. For the promises unto you and to your children, to as many as are far off, to as many as the Lord our God will call. When I first read that verse, you can believe it or not. It's up to you. You can believe me or not believe me. That's up to you. It's like the Holy Spirit just exploded on the inside of me when I read that verse. It just—it was like a Holy Spirit explosion in my heart. Not literally, but spiritually, you understand. So Miss Sanders, she said, yes, I know about this experience. And this was many years ago. She gave me a little pamphlet. I still have it in my study today. She gave me a pamphlet called The Baptism with the Holy Spirit, or in the Holy Spirit. She said, why don't you go with me today? She had some rent houses she needed to check on. She had a big old candy apple red El Dorado Cadillac with a big white top on it. I mean, she's fancy pantsy now, let me tell you, that gal. And so we rode on. I just threw my books in the, and I always had my Bible with me now. Took my Bible to school, secular school. You know, just public school. I'd take my Bible there. Miss, Miss Smith, my first grade algebra teacher, I'd get through with my algebra. And she would I'd open my Bible right there in class. And I'd read my Bible. I wasn't ashamed of Jesus. I wasn't ashamed of my Bible. She would walk about. You'd act like it was a snake. They'd walk around like, you know what I'm saying? They thought, they thought I had a pistol there or something. She said, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading my Bible. She just went, oh, Okay. Isn't it amazing? You can do anything. I mean, if I'd been reading a dirty magazine, it wouldn't have been as shocking to some crazy folks. They think the Bible, but this is the greatest book in the world, right? So we drove around, and she told me about the Holy Spirit, and I read that pamphlet. And that next Sunday morning, I went to church. On a Sunday morning, we had a worship service. And then I went back that Sunday night, and I forget what they preached on. But at the end, I was just so hungry for God. I just walked down the aisle. Don't even know what the altar call was about. But I walked down the aisle of that church, and I just knelt down all by myself and began to pray. And it wasn't long. I don't know how long it was. But the glory of the Lord fell upon my heart and my life. I could tell you some other things that happened during that moment, but I won't. But I began to speak with other tongues. Nobody said anything or do anything. Nobody was touching me. You know, many times we lay hands on people, and we should. And we have people come pray around us. That's great. But nobody was with me. My little heart got so hungry that I just overflowed and began to speak in a heavenly language. You say, I don't believe that's for today. It's more power to you if that's what you believe. That's not what I believe. And the reason is because I was not taught this growing up. This is something 
the Lord led me into. And I can tell you this. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real today. Holy Spirit's real today. The baptism is real today. The evidence of speaking in tongues is real today. And I will not let anyone take this away from me because it's in the B-I-B-L-E. What am I saying today? It's a biblical experience. It's the very words of Jesus. And I say, yes, Jesus. Everybody say, yes, Jesus. It's real today.